This is the Business Marketing and Finance Podcast. The podcast for all your business marketing and financial needs. Get insight from experienced professionals as they delve deep into their passions and share their knowledge each week with your host, Daryl James. Like to follow or learn more? You know what to do. Hit that subscribe button now. Welcome everyone to this week's BMF Podcast. I'm your host, Daryl James, and my next guest has spent the last seven years marketing, designing for brands such as The Sweet Life, Rent the Runway, and Founder Made. Now self-employed creative director and dynamic speaker, welcome China Drew to the Business Marketing Finance Podcast. Hi, Daryl. How are you doing? I'm great, thanks. Um, great to have you on the show as well. Now, China, can you tell us a bit about your journey, what it was like growing up, and how you made a turning point to being the woman who you are today? Wow, what a big question. <laughs> yeah, so I was uh, super academic when I was younger. Yeah. I was a A-star student mm-hmm. uh, all around the block. And then, so my one goal in life was to just go to university and be the first person in my extended family to do so. Sure. Uh, so I went to university to uh, study philosophy. Mm. Um, and I loved the English language yeah. and anything to do with writing and just deep study, mm. the ancient Greek, things like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... It was a bit of a curveball when mm-hmm. I was 19 and one year into my studies, I decided I wanted to leave university yeah. um, to go and be a singer-songwriter, mm-hmm. um, which quickly... Snow- well, I got a couple of jobs. I wrote yeah. my own EP. It was very and scrappy. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and I yeah, I released this, this EP, you know, just on MySpace thing. It was still at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. I remember MySpace. Yeah, <laughs> MySpace. And... Yeah. Um, I got like a stack of like, thir- like oh, I must have like 30 EPs and I made a list of all like the, um, the A&R teams and stuff I was going to send them out to. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then actually a lady that lived down the road from me in, in Bromsgrove, Worcestershire, yeah. um, who had a background in the music industry and had recently brought a studio to the area. Yeah, yeah. Um, she said, like, don't do that. Like, mm-hmm. we'll, let's work together and I'm going to just invest myself and my time in, in building a record with you yeah, yeah. Um, for the next year or so and see yeah. how it goes yeah, yeah. Um, so that's what we did and ultimately it ended um, in me creating a record label mm. with her and mm. A&R team uh, down in London which was very exciting mm-hmm. um, called Tantrum Music okay. yeah, yeah. and then that housed me as a recording artist mm-hmm. and I learned to become a bit of a hustler during this process. Mm-hmm. Um, we did things like because I was such a heavily branded artist, yeah, yeah. and I was uh, gaining quite a lot of traction in terms of YouTube hits. I had I had about thirteen thousand like mm-hmm. Facebook followers wow. and as many Twitter followers. Yeah. Um, I got like over a million hits on YouTube. And what year was this? Oh, what year was this? So I must have been about 20, 21, okay. 22. Yeah. So, goodness, so 2012, 13. Yeah, wow, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I did that. And then I became a bit of a hustler because I needed to make money while mm-hmm. I was, you know, writing this record. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I would get, like, retainers for sponsorship mm-hmm. and stuff. I would go and do a lot of gigs. But yeah, it, yeah. it was very much a business-centric mm-hmm. experience of being... Mm-hmm. I wasn't protected as an artist. I was very much in the deep end you know diving into trying to do any kind of deal with any kind of partner I could that felt aligned to the brand that was me as an artist um, to make money basically Mm -hmm. along Mm -hmm. the way Um, so that gave me a really good foundation Mm -hmm. for understanding what it takes to build any kind of business I suppose Mm -hmm. that's true yeah Yeah. Um, 
And yeah, it all went peak tongue for various reasons, mm-hmm. which are actually pretty ugly, terrible reasons, but um, okay. story for another day. Okay. Um, but the music industry is is an interesting one. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I, yeah, I quit all of that. I moved to London. I got a job um, as a intern mm-hmm. for a digital creative agency mm-hmm. that basically hired me out of 200 other candidates wow. on the basis that I had pink hair and I had over a million YouTube hits and really? so I must know social okay. media. Yeah. <laughs> so they brought me in and, you know, I I guess I blagged it really because mm-hmm. I was just very... I, I've never really had any fear when it comes to asking for things That's or good. just... That's good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I didn't have any problem with just like selling my car and going down and sleeping on sofas in London mm-hmm. and being a club promoter and then being like, I know I'm going to get a job, like no problem. And just, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. D- again, dived in deep when yeah, I got yeah. the job. Yeah. Um, and then six months into that, they offered me a full-time role uh, at the agency, which to me, because I'd been so... Oh, the last like two years have been so rock and roll in so many ways mm-hmm. and I've been entrepreneurial yeah, yeah, and resourceful. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't it felt really static and uh, it, it felt claustrophobic, the mm-hmm. idea of working for somebody else full time and having this like routine yeah, <laughs> and yeah. not being in like high states of alert, continually panicking about yeah. when my next income stream is coming from. Yeah. Um, so I actually turned that down. Mm-hmm. Um, it coincided with a second job opportunity in New York. So mm-hmm. I really, I felt like more for me, like I, if I'm turning this stuff down, I need to, I yeah. it really put a fire in my belly to be yeah, an entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah. So I moved back home to Bromsgrove, mm-hmm. even my parents, mm-hmm. Um, I remember there was one very dramatic moment. So I went freelance straight away. Okay. Sorry, just to backtrack. Yeah. Um, as a graphic designer, as those mm. are the skills I acquired at the agency in London. Sure. And I remember there was one moment I lost my hard drive. Mm. <laughs> I know what that's like. Yeah. yeah. And it, it didn't just feel like losing my hard drive. It felt like my whole life yep. had gone yep. when I lost my hard drive. And I, I remember I was at home. I felt like a loser because I felt like I'd said no to all these amazing things. Like, mm-hmm. I folded the record label. Like, mm-hmm. I turned down my dream job that other people would have killed for, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, God, I'm so ungrateful for not wanting any of these things that other people would just absolutely love to have. Mm-hmm. I was feeling very ungrateful and sorry for myself. I think mm-hmm. I was about 24 at this point. Yeah. Really just lost the plot mm-hmm. <laughs> for about... Uh, 15 minutes, deleted all my online presences. Really? <laughs> and I was like, I'm going incognito, yeah. starting again. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, a week or so later, I, I came out of my hole and I realised that um, I could no longer li- live at home and, <laughs> you know, just mm-hmm. just freelance in this capacity. I was, I was, mm-hmm. I was coasting, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I thought, right, I'm ready to get stuck into my next venture. Yeah. Started a t-shirt company. Oh, nice. Called um, Girl Bait. Which, on reflection, was a terrible name to, to call to call this brand because okay. it sounded like jail okay. yeah. yeah, and it, it yeah it just set set that trigger off of people's minds. I mean, my idea was it's just like an alluring, girl yeah. empowering brand, and like yeah. What was your model, your business model with the mm-hmm. t-shirt brand? Was it, did you print in-house or did you have a third-party print for you? Was it set up a, a website or how, how did you make it happen? Yeah, so I'm just going to backpedal slightly because when I, when I first went freelance, it was, my first client was a swimwear technology company. Okay. And so I was very, very much involved in the project management side of sourcing all of the materials for mm. the product as it was going to be launched mm. later that year. Mm-hmm. So that got me really interested in procurement. Sure. Um, and so that, that then I think directly um, led into me feeling confident enough to start a, a, a clothing brand. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, comboed with my experience being a graphic designer and knowing that I could make really cool prints for sure, the shirts definitely. and and I had something to say. So I was like, triple threat. Yeah, yeah. Got the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, the, the business was, I, it was, it was just me. I sourced all of the, I, I sourced the cheapest shirts I could it was very simple it was just t-shirts to begin with mm-hmm. um, and then I did all the the printing myself and sent them off to be screen printed mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. the same company that also provided the shirts so, okay. you know, it was very much like a very a very basic sure. anybody can do that online yeah, yeah, but yeah. finding it through right finding the, the right amount of shirts for the right price point is obviously the skill mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. of the right quality and the, yeah. you know producing enough prints that people want so I started mm-hmm. out with four different prints mm-hmm. did I, I bought like a roller banner home studio situation yeah. so I could make it look professional shoot um, uh, all the shots at home yeah um, yeah and then I I what did I what did I do for distribution I think I had very much the um, Sophia Amoruso mm. model in my head she's the founder of Girlboss okay um, but previously she started the clothing brand Nasty Girl okay yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know about them yeah, yeah. so yeah. Nasty Girl back in the in the day, there was a massive cult hit with anybody that wanted to start a clothing okay. brand. Like it was like the one yeah, because yeah. she started on eBay and it was all selling vintage and she mm. was very creative and put looks together and she was just a marketing phenomenon. Like yeah. it was like it was like a real unicorn moment okay. yeah, in yeah, terms yeah. of the world of like a girl that's like got nothing yeah, who's yeah. just like her parents you know nobody thinks she's going to do shit sure. do anything and then she <laughs> she goes out into the world and um, just absolutely slays it and builds a multi-million dollar clothing nice. company yeah, yeah, yeah. out of her own mind mm. um, and so I had I had that you know in the, in the forefront of my own mind as well mm. so I put out these four designs um mm. In my in my younger years, I I've always been a massive perfectionist, mm-hmm. and it's something I've struggled with hugely. So, mm-hmm. I built out this huge distribution model, mm-hmm. like a, a timeline of what it, item was going to be released when, yeah. and I basically did everything except the most fundamental thing, which was actually testing the garments in the marketplace mm-hmm. and seeing if anybody wanted them yeah, sure. or if there was even a demand for that mm-hmm. kind of thing, mm-hmm. and. It was a combo of me not doing the fundamentals of marketing the product correctly And then also a case of me losing interest because mm. I was a visionary with my mind all over the place. Yeah. Again, still born in a China shop, wanting to just make things happen now, 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 yeah, yeah. and lose and losing interest and wanting to be on to the next idea. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and then also having this deep rooted feeling of failure because mm-hmm. I'd said no to things up to now and I didn't feel like deserving mm-hmm. of of seeing something through or showing the stamina or persistence to sure. see the business through. Yeah. So basically it lost legs mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I lost legs. <laughs> um, and so I I quit with that. The girl bait name, it actually really put a bad, a sour taste in my mouth about okay. about the clothing brand in general. Okay. Yeah. Um, actually, one of my friends, she featured in a promo video. I, I did this amazing promo video yeah. for the brand. Yeah. I was going to use all my existing YouTube subscriber following mm-hmm. from my time as an artist to promote it. Yeah, yeah. Um, she was in the promo video, and later on, it was about a year later, actually, her boss um, mm. somehow saw this video mm. and thought it was, it was inappropriate. Okay. You know, this was like very early on into like the girl empowerment movement when women were really. I mean, it, it sounds crazy, even just five years ago, like the mm-hmm. way women are so. 
not aggressive, but very progressive now mm. um, with the way they are about their femininity mm. and being much more like b- body image aware and talking more openly mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. feminism. Sure. That's a new thing. Mm. So this video, was it was very much on the cusp of that. Mm-hmm. And her boss was a male and she was in a very corporate environment. Yeah. And he saw the video and she got fired. Wow, wow. Okay. I, I mean... It was not grounds to fire her, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was probably part of a bigger thing, but yeah. that was a real moment for me where I was like, I'm doing something so wrong here, mm-hmm. and this feedback's negative, and I'm I'm getting something wrong here. Mm-hmm. And I know it was because during my time, I, I know now, my time as an artist, I was, o- I was overly sexualized by the people I was working with. Okay. I started off just, like, writing like da- dance pop music. Yeah, um, yeah. Th- there was an artist at the time, I think called, was she called Little Boots or something? Okay. I can't remember, but but mm-hmm. it was this really cutesy dance, like Euro vibe. Mm-hmm. Like I was just about, I want to just talk to girls, do my music. I've always, my message has always been, I just want to help girls that are like me, that are feeling frustrated and mm-hmm. want to feel free and like empowered. Yeah, and sure. the lyrics in my music always about that, or, were always about that. And mm-hmm. then it turned into something else. Like okay. I actually looked, got all my lyrics out the other day and I I looked at mm. them and I actually just wept and cried because mm. I felt so upset that I'd let myself be sexualized in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and what a what a shame and what a misrepresentation of what I was actually trying to say. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that carried into the girl bait brand mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where I just slightly got it wrong again. I okay. just I, I'd still had that stigma mm. attached to myself and the things I was doing, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um yeah, it's, it's it's a it's a very personal strange thing mm. as a woman realizing that you don't have to be sexualized in order to get attention and to put something out in the world with integrity that mm. people will still care about mm. regardless of the fact that you're like a woman with a body yeah, yeah, and yeah. you don't have to talk about it yeah, you know yeah, very true. you don't yeah. have to talk about it mm-hmm. um yeah so so that was that and then that whole experience as an artist feeling feeling like I'd been assaulted on so many levels, like mm. physically, mm. mentally. Mm. Um, just, I felt, uh, I felt abused by my own experiences. Mm. I felt like I'm letting myself, this turned to a soft story, but I was letting myself oh, down. Sorry. I was like, I, I always professed when I was younger that the first, I was going to be this big pop star. And the first thing I did was going to be the thing. Mm. And obviously, as you know, like, being an entrepreneur is like a long and complicated road. Yeah, yeah. Most okay. most entrepreneurs they don't get there until like they're in their, well into their thirties, you know. Yeah, yeah, but they have they find the thing. Yeah. Um. But I didn't see any of that back then. So with this fire in my belly about all of my experiences mm-hmm. and knowing that I now had this deep sense of anxiety mm-hmm. and stress and not knowing who I was or what I wanted to be and mm-hmm. you know bear in mind at this point I'm like twenty five and mm-hmm. all my friends are stable as hell <laughs> you know and I'm I'm like the least stable person I know I haven't got the home I haven't like they say you need three things to feel happy right okay go on what, what are you go gonna on, say go no 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 you go ahead go ahead go ahead well my understanding is yes it's, it's having your or having a roof over your head that's that's yours that you're in control of you know mm. financially I mm. assume having the partner mm-hmm. and then having the career mm-hmm. that you're satisfied by. Mm-hmm. And like, I didn't, know, I didn't have any of those things. I was 25 and felt mm-hmm. kicked in the face about it, honestly. Mm-hmm. And was that more because your friends was attaining those, those three things and you felt a little bit left behind? Yeah, I, it wasn't so much being left behind. And even now there are ways in which I feel vastly different to a lot of my friends. Mm-hmm. It was, 
it was this gulf between us. Mm -hmm. So whenever we would hang out, Mm -hmm. I felt like an alien. I felt as if I'd existed Mm -hmm. for the past 25 years in a world that they hadn't existed in. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know how to bridge that gap Mm -hmm. in conversation. Mm -hmm. So different sets of worries, Mm -hmm. you know, things things that I can't... And and now, like, I'm... I'm, For example, Mm -hmm. the relationship thing, I'm single now. Like, I, I haven't been single on and off, like for the past couple of years but mm. I feel more single than I've ever felt mm. and my friends are all getting married okay. and they're they're in they're in firm lovely mm-hmm. long everlasting relationships mm-hmm. like, and I'm so happy for them mm-hmm. but being so happy for them is separate from the fact that there is that gulf there still mm-hmm. I can't mm-hmm. talk about that I can't I can't share I don't feel I can share in their experience of being in love mm. as much as they can with other people that are in love because I'm I'm not there I'm I'm still living like, you know. <laughs> you, have, you have had your own experience of love, though, right? Yes, but but never particularly ha- happy for okay. a long period of time, and yeah. always with an ex- with extremes, mm-hmm. and only with emotionally unavailable men. Okay. Um, and so I I I don't I don't know if I've ever had the kind of love that is real love. So here's the question. Do you feel that your friends and family could pick up on those things that you were feeling when you was in your relationship? As in, as in what, my, my unhappiness? Yeah, yeah. Do you think they picked up on it or would they, do you think they would think, oh, I thought China was, you know, doing well. I thought she was cool. She was happy with, you yeah. know, this person. Mm-hmm. And uh, the reason I ask that is because sometimes when we look at, you know, somebody else's um, relationship, we're only seeing the highlights. We're only mm-hmm. seeing the, the best you know, that they are presenting right now. We're not there when they're having an argument set in the house, when other things are happening, when they may be doing things they shouldn't be doing as a, you know, somebody in a relationship. So we're not seeing all those aspects from the outside in. So when they are becoming, you know, Mr. and Mrs. or get going off traveling together and things like that, mm. sometimes you don't know what else is behind the scenes. Um, you know what I mean? In terms of feeling like, you know, you're, you're separate from that or can't experience or talk about it the same way. Because mm. if you have spoke of, um, sorry, been in a relationship, then you are just as equal as them or qualified to speak about relationships, you know, because True. you've had your own experience. And whether it is you're um, going to be warning against something or, or you're just participating in a happy time, like a birthday, for instance, and, oh, the part, my partner bought me this, and you know that you've had birthdays where your partner bought you something, again, you can still experience it just the same, you know? Mm. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Well, um, yeah. Continue. Sorry. No, that no, that that completely makes sense. And mm. I, I'd not looked at it that way. Mm. I think it, it's it's wanting to be able to speak about it in the in the present though mm. as well, okay. because it it gives me it it makes me feel more relatable mm. to the person I'm talking to mm. if I can share in that in the present. Okay. Sure. Um, yeah. I I completely hear what you're saying. Mm. Um, for me, it's not. It's not just been the relationship thing. At least it wasn't at this point in mm-hmm. my life when mm-hmm. I was twenty five. However old I was, it's all blurred now. Yeah, yeah. It, it was. The, it was the combo of of going back to what on earth am I doing? I'm mm-hmm. about to start my millionth like <laughs> weird business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, that's not been particularly tested, <laughs> but it's just on a whim. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you know, living at home and knowing mm-hmm. that I was beginning to earn quite good money because mm-hmm. through my freelance work and I felt mm-hmm. so lucky to have that mm-hmm. um and still not and still this gnawing gnawing sense of yeah. I my purpose is not being fulfilled and sure. why do I feel like this yeah 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 um 
Yes. Uh, sorry, I feel, I feel thrown by this emotional tangent. No, no, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so what underpinned all of that of feeling so fragile and floating around in the ether yeah. was, again, I mm-hmm. want to help women mm-hmm. and I want young women especially mm-hmm. to preventatively be very self-aware every single day of their lives mm-hmm. of how they're feeling mm-hmm. and how to stop those feelings escalating sure. into a mental health issue mm-hmm. so for me it did like mm-hmm. I I became chronically ill with anxiety mm-hmm. like I was so about this time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and when I started this next business I'll that I'll mention yeah. I got into a terrible terrible relationship Mm. I know now it's because I was in such a bad place that Mm. I attracted that relationship Mm. Um, I wasn't aware I was in a bad place by the way that's what's so funny when you look back isn't it yeah Yeah, you don't know it and then you look back and you're like ah I see I see Mm -hmm. what happened there Um, and the relationship it it just perpetuated my anxiety Mm. inflamed it 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 was it was crazy Mm -hmm. um there was a lot of emotional manipulation going on, like gaslighting, just really rough stuff. And mm-hmm. and also, I but I, I released that person with love now because I know that he felt so out of depth with my anxiety and didn't know what to do. Okay. Yeah. You know, he didn't know how to handle it. He handled it in the worst possible way, mm-hmm. sure, but didn't know how to, how to handle it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I, I became like... <sighs> Like, for weeks at a time, I couldn't get out of bed. I was Mm -hmm. physically immobilised by my anxiety. Mm -hmm. I remember I would just sit on the floor Mm -hmm. and just have no energy. I'd have nothing in the tank, which... Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you like you've seen me. I, I'm yeah. a high energy person. Yeah, for sure. To not be in that state, in my flow state of being high energy, was the most painful. I, f- I felt like I know, I know, it wasn't. But I felt disabled. Like mm. it was, ter- it was terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, my freelance work as a, as a graphic designer mm-hmm. and my my main um, client and the business that I um, helped start found made mm-hmm. um, my, my friend Megan and I she lives she lives in New York she's an incredible woman yeah. um, she's from Silicon Valley and she's just she's a machine mm-hmm. and she took me under her wing mm-hmm. and said to me I believe in you as a graphic designer and I want you to come work for Founder Made it's oh, a, nice. a summit series in the States yeah. and I, I built out the whole brand like I, I made it look like this super next level yeah. next gen entrepreneur summit which yeah. is what it is yeah. um, in order to attract all these cool brands to our nice. show and did you meet her here or did you meet her when you was travelling in the States uh, no so it, it, it was serendipity like you wouldn't believe mm. um, so she she's like my sister it, mm. it's what it, I, it's a once in a lifetime relationship I have, have with this woman like yeah, it's yeah. it's. I feel so blessed and nice. it was like a guardian angel like stepped yeah, yeah, in yeah. <laughs> I was like here's Megan um, no so when I was working at Wednesday mm-hmm. um, the agency in London mm-hmm. where I was an intern um, my boss Ollie he he took me firstly under his wing and he yeah. we used to go for walks like this agency was in Shoreditch we used to go for walks around Shoreditch and he'd give me little pep talks mm-hmm. about you know become, becoming myself yeah, and growing yeah, yeah. up growing around my skin and yeah. he said you've got to meet this girl Megan like we're starting this bikini company together called mm-hmm. Bikini with a Y which okay. actually now in Canada I think is still very much taking off yeah, yeah. Um, he said you've got to meet her you guys are just going to love each other 
I just I just know mm -hmm. and so Megan and I worked together mm -hmm. on this swimwear technology brand mm -hmm. um, and so I, I when I moved back to Bromsgrove from London we were still working on this together yeah, yeah. Um, and then she got me my first proper client gig for mm -hmm. a conference called Fashion Tech Forum mm -hmm. which is now a huge conference this was the first one it's absolutely superb like the mm -hmm. format is amazing they get all these fa they get all these fashion thought leaders together yeah, yeah, yeah. put them on a stage they bring together like the best you know mm -hmm. um fashionistas I don't know <laughs> um, in the city um, and she got me that first job and I remember she she fought for me to be f flown out for the event to New mm. York so my first trip to New York I was like mm. oh my yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so you flew me out they put me in a nice hotel mm -hmm. um, and then I remember I so I went to Fashion Tech Forum which is the show I was working yeah, which yeah. they flew, flew me out for yeah. um, and I, I saw Megan at the bar I thought mm. that must be Megan because we'd only spoken on the phone uh, I'd not even like seen her face properly yeah, yeah, yeah. but I recognised her um, from photos or whatever and so I went up to her she didn't recognise me at first I remember mm -hmm. and then she did and her face lit up and yeah. it was just from there on in, instant, like she took me to Bergdorf uh, Goodman's for like mm. a fancy brunch and mm. told me about how she, I think she was in business school at the time. She was, she must have been early 30s, she's yeah, like yeah. late 30s now. Yeah. And said, I, I'm gonna start, I, what am I gonna do? Like, uh, I'm doing this now, but I want. I know I wanna start a massive business. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah. and then founder made came to be literally like a month or so wow. after that initial nice. meeting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, then, and then from there on in, we were just, tight we were just I we just worked together all the time mm -hmm. me remotely from UK and then gradually I started going to the states more and more mm -hmm. um because founder made was events and that we course. used to have four events a year and yeah. I would fly out for the events and um creatively direct the events and Beautiful. that's nice yeah, yeah so yeah. um yeah so that so so that's that's Megan um and that was a that relationship I think to go back around to what to where I started talking about her, mm -hmm. it got me through this mm -hmm. terrible time, this mm -hmm. relationship where I was so immobilized mm -hmm. by, by fear of, I think, him and myself, really. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and it got me through and it enabled me to just keep a little spark of confidence going yeah, the whole yeah, time. Yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. And she was like, I believe in you, like, you know, it was yeah. so, uh, she, she held me up when I couldn't hold myself up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. And was it around this time where you started girl therapy? So, it was around this time mm -hmm. I started Kid Life, it was okay. called. Two yeah. words, Kid Life. Mm -hmm. um, Kid Life was wellbeing workshops for children in schools aged 11 to 18. Oh, cool. Um, I just knew I wanted to get stuck into helping young people mm -hmm. and I didn't want to get too precious about it being girls at this point. I just mm -hmm. wanted to help kids preventatively handle their self-care and their daily lives. Yeah. And also, again, this is going back, you know, even like four years ago, which I guess mm -hmm. is what this was, um, parents are oh, just so uneducated mm. through no fault of their own mm -hmm. um, about how to handle you know an, a, a generation of children mm. facing this epidemic of stress mm. I used to, I did a ton of um, like feedback circles and like workshops with parents who just were in deep with mm. with problems with their kids and they didn't know how to help them mm. yeah, yeah. Um, you know ch ch like girls as young as five worrying about their weight. Um, and, and boys showing wow. extreme signs of anger, which was actually just stress because they felt under such pressure at school. Yeah, yeah. Um, just a, a, a plethora of really sinister, awful things mm -hmm. that are generational. And of course, the parents aren't equipped to deal with it. So sure. yeah. my opinion was, I don't know if equipping parents with the tools is the best thing when mm -hmm. a child is like a preteen teen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think give the child the tools themselves mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so that they can 
I feel that if you empower people to make change themselves, they're much more likely to do so yeah. versus, I mean, at that age, they don't want to listen to their parents about anything, you know? Yeah. <laughs> As we all were once upon a time. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so launched these workshops. I went into schools, interestingly, mm-hmm. and rather devastatingly, most schools turned me down um, due to budget. Okay. They loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was private schools that took that took up the service. Okay. You know, it, I, I did it as cheap as I could. Mm-hmm. I was like, I still need this to be a business. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, and and then uh, um, not private schools that were interested. They wanted primary school children to receive the workshop and not the older kids, mm. which for me was sobering in all the wrong ways because I wanted to help children that were A, old enough to help themselves and B, were at that critical moment in time. Yes, of course. You know, yeah. where things could go one way or the other. Very true. Primary school children, they have a different set of problems and it was yeah. a different, different need and I didn't, I didn't feel that that was, it, it just didn't, it didn't sit right with me. I didn't mm-hmm. feel like I was, I was a girl for the job. Yeah. Um, so that business actually went well, mm-hmm. but then because I'm crazy and impulsive, <laughs> I I spent like two grand on a mm. booth at an mm. expo. Mm. This was my first big mess up. Of, okay. Yeah, financial mess up. Okay. More to come. Yeah. Um. <laughs> hey, it happens. It happens to everybody in business. Everybody. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness, yeah. Mm. Um, spent tons of money on this booth. I was mm. so buzzed for it. Everyone, my mum was like to me, China, have you like mm. checked the, you know, the people that are going to the, the, the show are decision makers? They're gonna, are you going to actually see business from this? You're going to sell workshops. I was like, yeah, yeah, it's going to be great. You know, living the dream. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, delusional. <laughs> so, my booth looked great. It was amazing. I realised a, a day into the show, because it's like a three-day show or something, mm. Everybody there was primary primary school teachers. Uh, and it was just... Do you know what, though? I was like, bring it on. Not phase. For me, money. Mm-hmm. Money has only ever been something that just serves... It serves purpose. Yeah, it's I a don't tool. care. Yes, yeah, at all. Yeah. And I was like, so what? I'll, mm-hmm. like, I'll, I'll get more money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Money's fluid, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I d- yeah. I've never been precious about money and I'm probably too too relaxed about it. Mm. Um, I was very glad when I um, learned about how to do a cash play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the yeah, financial yeah. forecast, yeah. basic <laughs> skills, but uh, needed. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I fizzled out because I just couldn't get the funding from schools. Mm. I hammered the phones. I cold called all day long. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just reached a point about like nine months in mm-hmm. where I just couldn't sustain it like mm-hmm. the effort I was putting in versus mm-hmm. the game was not mm-hmm. was not there mm-hmm. um and so kid life then moved it kind of I re-manifested it to a company called well jelly okay um which was uh actually it was going to be a monthly subscription box a mm-hmm. well-being subscription box for cool. kids and it contained all the like fun products and tools they needed to run um, a daily six-step program from breakfast mm-hmm. to going to sleep. Mm-hmm. Very small, um, but just key things they could do in their day that sure. would take like 60 minutes due to five minutes mm-hmm. um, just to calm them down and make them feel better that cumulatively over time would have a dramatic effect on their well-being. Yeah. You know, yeah, eating yeah. the right food, like getting enough sleep, like yeah, yeah, yeah. taking yeah. a break without a device, like things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that... That did not, <laughs> that lasted about a year. Mm-hmm. And what happened was I run myself into the ground mm-hmm. with being in strategy mode instead of execution mode. Yeah. 
I I launched it when I was at a um, incubator mm. called Entrepreneurial Spark, which is now okay. actually at NatWest. NatWest okay. have a incubator program which has a load of amazing businesses in it. Yeah. Um, and so I did a load of testing, fee- endless feedback groups with parents, mm-hmm. um, and I just basically ran myself into the ground with disinterest again mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I was paralysed by my need to build all these perfect systems yeah. and create this business model that had to be flawless before I actually went and did anything about it and actually figured out if I could make a first sale. <laughs> I've been there. I've been there for sure. Have you? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm. Okay, so you meant you mentioned a lot about your actually no, continue about girl therapy, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> no, I was no, gonna move on to we the get, next yeah. Session, but yeah, carry on. Yeah, about I'm so therapy. close yeah. to the girl right, therapy, okay. we're getting there now. Yeah. Um Yeah, so actually so the Well Jelly subscription box idea flopped. But mm. then I was like, you know what I'm gonna do? Mm. I'm gonna launch massive thousand person attended event because I've been working in events for Founder Made for this sure, point for yeah. like you know five years or whatever yeah. and I'm like I'm going to launch a massive event in London mm-hmm. it's going to be a next gen wellness summit mm-hmm. for kids mm-hmm. right everyone's going to show up I had I had thousands of um, gift box donations mm. donated to my parents' mm. house. I've got all, the, all these cool like wellbeing products. I mm. booked thirty booths with vendors. I booked thirty speakers. Mm. One girl's flying in. Like mm. I had Tiffany, whatever her name from Made in Chelsea. Like mm. there was so much buzz. I was going down to London every weekend to meet all these big influencers and book this summit. Like it was going to be the coolest show. Yeah, yeah. So I made, put together this amazing event. Uh-huh. I forgot I forgot to sell any tickets. It was like, you know that fire documentary on Netflix? Oh yeah. <laughs> fire festival. It was fire like this. So okay. so so that's what happened with that. And I tell you now, when I had to send that email yeah. to everybody that was involved in the show yeah. to tell them that the show wasn't happening because I'd only so- I think I sold about 30 tickets. So what was the issue with the tickets? Was it that it didn't go live quick enough? Yeah. Or, okay. So yeah. was it timeline. Time? Okay. Timeline. Okay. Yeah. I was out there on Oxford Street flyering. I was wow. like the weekend before, like flying. Like, I can, wow. I can put bells on seats for this. Yeah, timeline. I think everything else was good. And what's so funny yeah. um, was well, two things that are funny, which are kicking the teeth. First thing was that there's a was a woman that was going to talk there called Mel Wells. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you know of her, but she's like a, a well well being um, influencer. She okay. used to be in Hollywood. She's a cool chick. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure that the summit that she's running now is basically seriously the wow. same thing. Okay. Okay. I saw it the other day and I like laughed my head off. Yeah. I was like, "Ha!" Because yeah. there's just no way. It was yeah. just too coincidental yeah. that yeah. she was going to talk because she was like so excited about it. Yeah. Anyway, great. I take that as a compliment. No worries. Wasn't for me. The other thing that was a massive kick in the teeth was mm-hmm. I signed a contract with a venue mm-hmm. that made me liable five five grand wow. and like when you're like a struggling entrepreneur five grand is like oh my god yeah. and I so the owner of the venue he was in Australia mm-hmm. I ran the venue like in tears I'm like I can't pay this I'm mm-hmm. sorry I messed up I'm, I know I'm an adult but I messed up what can we do please tell me I'll do anything mm-hmm. this guy goes look I'm gonna give you he's like I'm gonna give you the number of the guy that that is in Australia mm. you got one shot at this mm. and then he was like do you know what actually no I'm I'm gonna call him he's because mm. he really like felt for me at this point this yeah, guy that's yeah. running the menu he like he goes you're gonna maybe have to give me a couple of months to find out if I can get you off this five grand wow wow 
Literally, t- it was pretty much eight weeks to the dot. Mm. Like, I'm like holding my breath this whole time. I felt my whole life was on hold because of this 5K. Yeah, yeah, and I, yeah. I already felt humiliated and like rock bottom because yeah. it plummeted so yeah, badly. Yeah. He like rings me up and he goes, yeah, do you know what? Are we going to let you off this five grand? Mm. And I just like sobbed down the phone. Yeah. I was like, there is an angel. Like, thank you. Like, what? I, I owe you big for this or whatever yeah, I can yeah. do. And it was like this weird karmic boomerang had come back around yeah, yeah. and like restored my faith in humanity and yeah. myself and everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I went from being rock bottom with Wild Jelly. That was, that must have been about, God, I'm losing timeline and everything, about four yeah. years ago now. Okay. Um, and then I was like, right, back, back to the plan, back to helping people, back to helping yeah. women with well-being and yeah. wellness and health and the whole picture mm-hmm. from a very personal need, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and then I, I started girl therapy about, mm-hmm. um, actually about a year ago, it started as intimate women's only group therapy sessions. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually started the first one's at um, Alpha Works. Oh, cool. we're, we're here now, yeah. um, which is this really cool office space in Birmingham. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it basically was as simple as I had 10 women in a room, glowing orb. Mm-hmm. You would take turns in holding the orb mm-hmm. and sharing uh, your problem, like laying out your problems on the table. Okay. So yeah, yeah. from the first session, we had a woman in there whose uh, best friend wanted to, to kill herself and she didn't know what to do mm-hmm. another girl was suicidal uh, another girl her dad had disowned her mm-hmm. but then the beauty of this circle was that there were extreme things like that happening but mm-hmm. also women in there that just felt insecure mm-hmm. on like a very like it's not a surface level but felt insecure about things that they felt were menial but this this circle creates a shared space where no problem is too big or too small sure. to be shared and talked about yeah, yeah. and I knew I struck something couldn't I, I couldn't like sustain it. I had mm-hmm. so much demand for the, for these group therapy sessions mm-hmm. and I didn't have I couldn't afford to hire anybody to help me with it. Mm-hmm. I ran myself into the ground with it. So I was like, I'm gonna go, um, I'm gonna take this back to community first. Mm-hmm. So for the last year since initially launching those group therapy sessions, mm-hmm. I have built a community of um, around a thousand women mm-hmm. um, who are interested in self-care and well-being and, sure, and the yeah. self-love movement, yeah, yeah. specifically based in Birmingham. Mm-hmm. Um, millennial, 20, 30-something-year-old mm. women yeah, um, yeah. who follow my daily WhatsApp texting service. Mm-hmm. And it's a daily text that you get at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's I call it a daily self-love pep talk, and it's it's, expli- it's explicit. Mm. There's, you know, there's a lot of... It's just like an emotional throw, like a, just a, a wonderful mini message you get every day that's like a virtual best friend on your shoulder oh, cool. telling yeah. you to lift, lift yourself up and get on with the day and you yeah. can do it yeah. and yeah. we cover all kinds of topics from like you know how you feel at different times of the month because of mm-hmm. your cycle versus mm-hmm. like your boyfriend's just left you your yeah. girlfriend's just left you you know life's hard because you're sick of seeing everyone on Instagram so we mm-hmm. cover all you know modern day stuff as well and is it just yourself that pulse in terms of from a admin point of view or do the members actually interact with each other and like for instance somebody just broke up with their boyfriend mm-hmm. do other members share their story and say well don't worry in a year it'll be fine mm-hmm. in two months you'll feel great and do everybody else engage as well so it's a very very good question yeah. because that the community is missing that mm. component right now and mm-hmm. i would love nothing more mm-hmm. than to put everybody in a moderated a moderated mm-hmm. group chat in which they could do that mm-hmm. the issue with it is is it requires exactly that a mm-hmm. lot of moderation mm-hmm. and because 
content is so sensitive and mm. people would lose their, can I say this word right, anonymity. <laughs> is that the right word? I think so, yeah. I'm so. <laughs> they would not be anonymous anymore, yeah, yeah, say it that yeah. way. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's very delicate sure. and I would, it would be um, a massive time suck for me right now and mm -hmm. I'd want to do it right. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I don't know if you've ever joined a Facebook group where you see how people really go to town in the comment sections. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 And it, it, every single part of it has to be moderated mm -hmm. and screened and checked and, mm -hmm. yeah, I, mm -hmm. I'm just not ready to do that yet, but it is something I want to do mm -hmm. in the future. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, just, to, just to slightly... Uh, move away from the, the the kind of history side of things for yourself. <laughs> really have talked your ear off, Daryl. No, it's good. No, it's, it's, it's very good. It's very informative and it allows me and the, the my audience to, to see China do it, you know, in full, fullness. Um, I'm going to ask you a little bit more about your current role um, at the moment. So can you tell us a bit more about your current role at your company that you started, the graphic design business that you have? Oh, okay, so as in my my bread and butter, so to yeah, speak. Yeah. Okay, got it. Sure. Um, yes, so FounderMade, and I'm going to call FounderMade a client, have been my main client mm -hmm. um, in terms of my graphic design services mm -hmm. for the past five years. Mm. Um, and I also work with other clients, mainly, well, I prefer to work with lifestyle brands. If they're a lifestyle well-being brand, well, the better, because I love mm -hmm. working with brands that make me feel mm -hmm. inspired. Yeah. Um, I recently worked, so I did, one of my highlights working, um, that I've worked with, Kristen Sudeikis, she's Jason Sudeikis' sister, uh, the actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, amazing woman, she's a choreographer. Mm -hmm. She does loads of philanthropic work mm -hmm. um, in New York, mm -hmm. goes to um, all these different communities where children don't have access to dance, and she like creates these amazing like dance experiences. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's like a real mover and shaker mm -hmm. in the um, in the dance in the dance world. So I yeah. built I built her website. I've worked with mm -hmm. her on her new project, Forward Space, which mm -hmm. is now a boutique dance studio nice. uh, based out of New York. Um, yeah, I did I did rent the runway. Did a um, did a, some real. I, I love doing presentations and mm -hmm. pitch decks. I love mm -hmm. knowing the ins and outs of people's business models mm -hmm. and then building out decks that are going to help them secure partnerships, investments. Mm -hmm. I just love seeing how that brand story comes together yeah, it's yeah. my favorite thing to do honestly yeah, yeah. is to create presentations like that oh, nice. um yeah. often clients will come to me mm -hmm. with the bare bones of what they want in there you know they're like mm -hmm. critical like 10 mm -hmm. 10 slide deck mm -hmm. and it's just words and then mm -hmm. i bring it to life you excellent, know excellent. um yeah. yeah so it's actually interesting a lot of the work i do that i prefer to do is mm -hmm. confidential mm -hmm. because it is it's sensitive information for brands or their yeah. financials and stuff yeah yeah um, yeah, so I, I I love to work with creative brands, mm -hmm. and I can do everything, anything really. And do, you have, <laughs> and do you have many people in your team, or is it solely about yourself? It's me. So it's it's funny you say that. I I have had moments in my mm -hmm. career where I could have maybe grown into a mini agency mm -hmm. and brought other people in. Mm -hmm. I have a very very specific aesthetic as a designer. Mm -hmm. 
it is very Marmite, like, but you know, clients either love it or they, they don't love it. Um, but you know, they know that going in because they see my portfolio. Course, yeah. um, and so I've never, I've never got to the point A where I've wanted mm-hmm. to grow my portfolio or, or create an agency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, my joy in being a graphic designer has been working with a team of women that I work with the founder sure. made. Yeah, yeah. It's much more about it's about the people that I've got to work with and mm-hmm. these experiences of flying out for these events and mm-hmm. being with my family across the pond, as I call them, yeah, yeah. Um, and just being in that environment of being surrounded by like the coolest brands in the world, which yeah, is the brands yeah. we host. And yeah, yeah. It, it's much more, I, I'd say, like eight, eight out of ten, you know, parts of, of what make me love have made me love doing it are, yeah. are founder made related yeah, 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 and specific yeah. to founder made oh, cool. and not I I don't particularly get my thrills from working for new clients yeah. <laughs> but you know no, what I can understand you have a relationship with them already so it's already there and, it's, and, and it's my and baby and you know them as well yeah. and I'm, yeah. I'm personally invested like yeah. anything founder made feels like I co- co-created that from the yeah. beginning so it's my baby yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah. I care yeah. um, on a different level yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Now, you help fuel brands. Um, how do you, yeah. you yourself build your own personal brand? <laughs> Easily. <laughs> Wait, hang on. When you say personal brand, what do you mean? As in China, Drew, how do you put yourself out there? How do you... Um, <laughs> I know your personality is fantastic, but in terms of, you know, you building on China, Drew, do you have, like, mm. being an influence in the graphic design, in, you know, oh. world? How do you build that? Well, I do you know, this is going to sound really arrogant. I never have because all my work's been referrals. Good. And I'm pretty cute about that. Good. I ask clients for referrals. Mm-hmm. I'm not shy, mm-hmm. as you can tell. And where do you post these referrals? Is it um, LinkedIn or your own website or Facebook group? Or where do you post these uh, reviews and, um, and referrals? Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, I had, I did have a website and then mm-hmm. I stopped paying. For it. I am not selling. I'm not selling the dream as how to run a freelance cool. business. <laughs> it's 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 come to me like effortless effortlessly. Honestly, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I had a website where I just hosted my portfolio and. My my advice would be like I I've just kept it super clean. I listed like the top five clients I've worked with, so it felt super exclusive and yeah, high end. Yeah, if yeah. you want to know more about my services, get in touch. Sure. I had one absolutely anthemic standout review um, from Megan actually at Founder Made, mm-hmm. and you know a few name drops about how I'd done ads for Entrepreneur and stuff, mm-hmm. and you know just a really great review. And I've just I, I keep it simple. Yeah, I send yeah. that one to prospective clients. Sure. Um, and yeah, and then referrals themselves. I, I have a client, they'll just put me in on an email to a, mm-hmm. a, a friend that they have. Yeah. And of course, like, it's the best way to, to get business. One and done. For real. No, that's true. Isn't it? Yeah. Now, what top three platforms do you think businesses should focus on in the next year and why? Oh my goodness. Well, I keep hearing this TikTok situation <laughs> is really taking off. Top three platforms, specific, what kind of businesses do you mean? Any type of business, a startup business, mm. a Fortune 500 business. For marketing and, and exposure, you mean, like, so just to yeah, spread the word yeah. about their services That's and what right, they yeah. do. Yeah. Um, oh, my goodness. Um, I'm actually really struggling to answer that question mm-hmm. because... I feel like we're on the cusp of a big change. I feel people are extremely desensitized yeah. about the platforms we have now as they are mm. in terms mm. of being marketed to. Mm. Um, 
I think that brands need to focus on actually not so much worrying about the platform, but building incredible brand stories yeah. that yeah. drive emotion, Very true. drive emotional connection with their customers. I, mm-hmm. I, I work with a lot of consumer brands and I see them all doing the same thing. They just post pictures of their products and buy this product. And there's, it's so, oh, it's so jarring. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, they would be they would be better served to not talk about their products at all, honestly, mm-hmm. and just to create a story that people mm-hmm. connect with, and then mm-hmm. right when they've got a super engaged community, then they then they hit them with the sell, and people already buy at that point because they're so invested in the brand. Of course, yeah. Um, but a lot of consumer brands miss that. So in terms of platforms, I I know that li- um, LinkedIn. Mm-hmm marketing done correctly is mm-hmm. extremely powerful mm-hmm. it's quite it's not often talked about mm-hmm. um but in terms of like b2b and i think the meaning of b2b is changing because mm-hmm. everybody's an influencer and everybody's got their own product or service or thing to sell so i think the meaning of b2b very is changing true. very true so you know consumer are you, you know the, the it's changing like consumers are now becoming businesses too um and so everybody's got an agenda and there's a way there's a way to um sell sell to everybody as a business yeah, yeah, you know true. find out what they want and yeah, give yeah. uh so yeah so b2b um on linkedin very powerful if i was a new business i'm going to do it with girl therapy mm-hmm. i would find out all the key gatekeepers out there at mm-hmm. different businesses and find a way to work with them in order to access their communities that are consumers sure. through linkedin mm-hmm. um in terms of other platforms i'm girl therapy is all about instagram mm-hmm. we're on instagram instagram stories and but i'd say particularly for brands igtv is is still very much early into its takeoff yeah, and it's going to be huge yeah 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 now, that leads me on interestingly to my next question, which is what new technology or software <laughs> are you most excited about now? <laughs> technology and software. Oh, my goodness. I used to, I love any tools mm-hmm. that um, curate things really well for me. Likewise. So, yes. So anything that can cut the noise for me yeah. uh, is fantastic. So I, I don't know if, if you know Product Hunt is huge. No, no, yeah. So Product Hunt basically um, aggregates and scrapes Mm. like the most trending, coolest um, digital products and tools to use at the moment online. So a bit like you know, on Google Chrome Store, you can Mm. see how all the you can see all the apps that you can download for your browser and your your machine and whatever. Mm-hmm. Same as like the the app store you have <laughs> yeah. uh, for iPhone, yeah. um, and you can see, and they're all rated, and you can see what the best tools are. Product Hunt does that seamlessly, oh, nice. really, really yeah. well. So I absolutely love Product Hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of technology, I'm I'm not I'm not super immersed mm-hmm. in technology. I mean, obviously, I'm very very scared about what's going to happen with VR. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, I see a lot of next-gen VR. I see VR creeping into... So what's interesting is obviously the the face of retail is changing a lot at the moment. Mm-hmm. Direct-to-consumer mm-hmm. like, is slaying it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and the face of retail is changing. So mm-hmm. brick-and-mortar stores, they are starting to use uh, VR actually out on the streets that mm-hmm. are connected directly to apps on people's phones mm-hmm. um, to create experiences that are mm-hmm. actually outside 
the physical surrounds yeah. um, to get people to shop more efficiently. So sure. I'm very I'm very excited to see how VR plays a role mm-hmm. in retail and people's um, offline shopping experiences. Yeah, yeah. Did you have a mentor along this journey or were there any books that you read that helped you in terms of, I know you had the tenacity, you had the determination, you was ready to go. Uh-huh. But just in terms of, you know, how did you do it all? You know, was it from books? Was Did you have a mentor? I know mm. you said that um, you had, you know, this gentleman who took you around Shoreditch and gave <laughs> you little pep talks, but did yeah. you have a mentor? Yeah, so, okay, this is a multi, multi-answerable answer, question, mm-hmm. sorry. Um, I didn't want to receive any advice from anybody until, mm-hmm. I'd say, up until a couple of years ago. I'll be super mm-hmm. honest about that. I've mm-hmm. always been, I don't want any advice from anybody. Mm-hmm. In the last few years, I've completely done 360 on that. I've mm-hmm. realised that is not, having other people's perspectives is key. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, I've always consumed information mm-hmm that's not related to anybody in my life directly with enthusiasm. But when it's come to me um, having receiving mentorship advice from anybody I've known, Mm -hmm. my ego has (laughs) struggled massively with that. Megan, who I mentioned, she's been an incredible mentor to me. I completely look up to her Mm -hmm. um, in terms of a business builder in so Mm -hmm. many ways. Um, I have a good friend, actually, who I've mentored him and he's mentored me the last few years called Sam. Mm -hmm. Um, He now runs a business called Columba, Mm -hmm. which uh, match makes um, marketing agencies with I guess the ideal clients and likewise for the clients. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's very cool. And he's my age and he's had the same kind of messy journey as I have. And that's, he's very much been my peer in terms mm, of mm, mm. My, my, my soundboard for this journey. Yeah. Um, I'd say, I'd say every single woman that mm. I've ever interacted with that I mm. care about helping and who I feel I now, uh, every, every, sorry, let me back, backtrack. Every woman that I've um, ever had a touch point with in terms yeah. of hearing about her emotional struggle has allowed me to hone my um, sense of intuition and gut feeling sure. when it comes to writing content to talk to them. Sure. So I'd say that they, every woman that I've ever spoken to mm-hmm. that is now my customer mm-hmm. has been like my most powerful input. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of books, because I love books, there have been two books that have absolutely changed the game for me. Mm-hmm read a load of books but these are the two that stand out Mm -hmm. um the one thing by gary keller you have you read it yep yep yep. i've got the audio book of it have you yeah Yeah, yeah, oh i've read that baby back to front upside down i actually went so far as to treat it like a like i was at university and i had to do a thesis on the book i loved it i told everyone about it we um implemented the you know the the processes within the one thing book at founder made Mm -hmm. and they basically set up the system that's like it goes gps Mm -hmm. um you set up your gps and you reverse engineer your five-year goals down Mm -hmm. to like your monthly (laughs) weekly goals Mm -hmm. so you can really bake down what your goals need to be now in order Mm -hmm. to hit the future um and it's just an incredible system, so clear, so concise. I, I recommend anybody that is struggling with their productivity or um, development as a, as a business leader mm. in terms of setting up systems that are efficient to get mm. people just to do more and more quickly yeah, yeah, yeah. and well and um, kind of close those gaps in processes in your business. Yeah. Phenomenal book. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've read it like three, like three times, like nice. which is crazy for me because my attention span is zero. Yeah. So I must really <laughs> love it. Their podcast is phenomenal like mm. amazing mm-hmm. um, and then another book which I recently read mm. very different because it's not so pragmatic mm. or logical about systems mm-hmm. called um, it's called Feck Perfection okay so you see the play on words there okay. Okay. <laughs> um, and that's by a guy called James Victor yeah recommend yeah. that beyond it's 
it's basically the theory that everybody's terrified yeah. <laughs> and immobilised by fear and it stops them from doing sure. anything yeah. as they would actually do it if they were still like in their child state, so yes. to speak. Yes. And so it's just like this got all their like powerful like you know it, it's it's like it's like a children's book i mean there's like illustrations and stuff and just these little mantras and word pops sure. but I, I cannot tell you like with tears catching in my throat when i was reading this like goosebumps mm. i finished the book feeling so pumped to go mm. into my business mm. i recently made the decision um to not take on any more clients to not be a graphic designer anymore mm. in the capacity i have been mm. that was such a frightening decision for me i have mm. no clue what's going to happen if girl therapy doesn't take off for the next mm. few months i don't care because mm. i read this book mm. it inspired you yeah yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's become my backbone and so mm. i really recommend that to people who are feeling struggling in the backbone department nice. <laughs> in their business that good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh cool now that that leads me interestingly enough to uh, another question I ask all my guests as well is mm -hmm. if you could tell your younger self anything, what would it be? So we can rewind, <laughs> you know, time and we can meet China when she was eight years old, maybe even oh 10 or 12 goodness. years old. What would you tell China at 12 years old? Oh my goodness. I. It's a hard question, Daryl. Yeah. So. In, I'd say in the last year, I've become fearless is the only word I, I, can, I can think of mm -hmm. that best fits my, <laughs> the way I am in the world now. Mm -hmm. I, I love meeting new people and I'm not frightened to be myself. Mm -hmm. Being myself has been such a struggle because growing up, I've always felt a little bit different and oh, I hate when people say they're a little different because everyone's different. We're all very unique. Mm -hmm. But I felt like I'm too much and mm -hmm. I've had people, my narrative has been, China, you're too much mm -hmm. and you're a lot and you're crazy and you're manic. Mm -hmm. And every time that someone said this to me, it's mm -hmm. affirmed it to myself. And now I realize that I just have a lot of energy mm -hmm. and I just need to channel it mm -hmm. and channel it I have and mm -hmm. I found a business to do that in and I've surrounded myself with people I can do that with who love That's me right. the way I am right. and so I would say to China as, as my younger self like mm -hmm. don't be afraid to be yourself I know that you're you have all the, this imposter syndrome you know mm -hmm. you're saying to yourself that you're too much but you're not mm -hmm. you're just growing into your own skin mm -hmm. and just make peace with that mm -hmm. and it's happening and you mm -hmm. don't need to punish yourself because yeah, yeah, yeah. No. when you're 29 you're not going to care anymore <laughs> You're going to be fearless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. No, that's, that's a really, really good answer. One of my favourite answers, actually, that I've had for that question. Thank now, you. what's the vision for China, Drew? What gets you the most excited about the years ahead? Ah! <laughs> I'm just going to go with what first came into my head when you said that. Cool. Buy my dad a boat. Nice. I want to buy my dad a boat. Yeah, yeah. He wants... He's got a boat. Yeah, yeah. But he would love a big boat. He can sail and run, you know? Yeah, yeah. And... I'm not money driven. What I am driven is is by the idea of helping my dad. Yeah. And so if that's if making money yeah, yeah. <laughs> enables me to do that for him, yeah, yeah. that that for me would be the ultimate success. Yeah. yeah. Um, I feel successful in every minute now anyway because I'm just so grateful to be alive. Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. so so grateful. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, did, was that the question? That would yeah, be yeah, the dream. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Simple, but that's. That's it. That sounds good, man. I know that <laughs> you, you have a lot of determination and a lot of drive, and 
you um, anything you put your hands to, you can you go for it. So I have no doubt that you would actually achieve that. Thanks, Daryl. And finally, where can people connect with you for a consultation or mm-hmm. your uh, LinkedIn and or website you're around? Well, I'm gonna direct you straight to my <laughs> my love love of my life right now, which is girl therapy. Cool. Um, I am definitely looking to. I, I'm trying to find ways to meaningfully partner with um, like resource partners. I'm, I'm launching workshops for girl therapy and I'm looking for businesses that want to come in and present to my extremely curated mm-hmm. audience of women that will be in the room that are female owned business owners mm-hmm. um, and product businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm definitely looking to partner with businesses on some level. I'm just looking to meet anyone that wants to get stuck in with girl therapy workshops yeah, yeah. and get involved and see how we can work together. Yeah. Um, so my website is girl-therapy.com. Mm-hmm. You can email me directly at china mm-hmm. at girl-therapy.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, head to the Instagram page at girl therapy and sign up for the, the texting service if you're if you're a woman that wants a daily self-love pep yeah, talk. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nice, nice. Well, China, thank you for your time this evening thank you for being on the show um everybody else this has been the business marketing finance podcast we'll see you next week this is the business marketing and finance podcast the podcast for all your business marketing and financial needs get insight from experienced professionals as they delve deep into their passions and share their knowledge each week with your host daryl james like to follow or learn more you know what to do hit that subscribe button now